And welcome into the latest episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now with BASF Technical Service Rep, Curtis Rainbolt is with us. Curtis, good to catch up with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Thank you for the time. We want to talk wheat performance, uh, not only 2022, but thinking about next year. And I think just to set this up before we talk too much about next year, let's look back here. It's that time of year, end of the year. We're thinking about how things went in the uh, year this past year and obviously pretty decent spring wheat year across much of the northern plains the pnw for folks i know there was some varying issues but overall it seemed like it was a pretty decent year talk about wheat performance here this uh, past growing season curtis yeah i think that's probably a, a pretty accurate way to sum it up is decent you know some some areas maybe had some water concerns coming out of the winter not as much snowpack as we would like but this run located in the Pacific Northwest, and we turned a little bit cool and had some favorable showers. And um, you know, our, our fall planted wheat crop looked really good as we as we came into early spring and or summer and 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 spring. And and the spring crop came up and looked really good as well. Um, and we got off to a good start. And I think anticipation was we were going to have a, an excellent crop. But as summer kind of went on, we tended to be a little bit drier and hot. And so those expectations went, you know, not not from an excellent crop, uh, but overall, I would say the, the crop ranged from um, slightly below average to slightly above average and, and a whole lot in between. So all in all, I, I think uh, producers ended up reasonably happy with it. Definitely. Well, and I think as well, Curtis, you know, thinking about uh, the way the year shaped up, we didn't hear a lot about disease pressure, about insect pressure as much as we normally do. I know we had some of our usual suspects out there, say like kochia on the weed side, et cetera. But overall, there wasn't uh, wasn't too many pressures, at least that I heard of. What's your thoughts looking back at 2022's growing season? Yeah, I think you're right on it. You know, weeds are something that's always present. Uh, you know, we have weeds that survive or thrive in, in wetter conditions or drier conditions, but we seem to always have weeds. From a disease perspective, um, you know, often rust or stripe rust is, is one of the biggest things we worry about. And fortunately for growers, it never really materialized. It maybe were a few pockets, but uh, weather conditions just weren't favorable for for it. And overall, and, and other diseases tended to be fairly light as well. And You know, I didn't hear of too many um, real high-intensity um insect problems uh one you know we deal with um something that i've been working on a lot the last few years is, is wireworms which is a pest that's always present and a problem in, in the crop is it's emerging or it can be a problem early on when the crop's putting on tillers but um beyond wireworms i don't think we had a lot of insect pressure well thinking about wireworms and you mentioned something you've been working on uh, quite a bit here recently what are some things that growers need to watch out with wireworms especially if we get into the 23 season and start to see wireworms uh, show up a bit more yeah, you know wireworms are one of those pests that's it's hard to do something about once you see them in the crop and and really it's even hard to see them so i don't know how, many, how familiar people are with wireworms but it's the larval stage of a click beetle i think everybody's you know seen or played with a click beetle and there's a lot of different species of these things and some of them the larva will stay in the soil for uh depending on the species three to seven years and and, and go through multiple um you know molts or, or instars in the soil and eventually they'll become an adult fly out mate and then lay more eggs, which continues this wireworm challenge. So uh, typically, unless you're digging in the crop 
because you've noticed a problem, you may not not see that you have wireworms. So they, they're they're present and they're hard to take care of. And there's situations where wireworms are, are more present if you're in a heavy grass crop rotation, or if it's a field that's been taken out of CRP. You know, it's just something to be aware of if you're seeing a, a stand that's weak or damaged where you think it should be, or you notice plants that are missing tillers or wilted that otherwise look fine. It may be an indication of a, of a wireworm problem. Well, Curtis, let's think about 2023 and looking ahead uh, here as we get into next year, especially for a lot of our, our spring wheat guys and gals that are going to be growing across the northern plains of the PNW. What are some thoughts you have as we look ahead to 23? What are some reminders you would have for folks uh, here as they prepare for next year? Well, you know, touching a little bit on that wireworm thing and then the other part, you know, wireworms are, are handled through seed treatment. And so, you know, we have a product called Taraxa, which is a very effective a wireworm product, it's actually causing mortality of the wireworms versus some of the things that we've been using in the past, which kind of repel them and have allowed the population to build up. So, you know, you can use a seed treatment to accomplish a lot. And really, if you don't get that crop off to a good start, you can never reach its full potential. So I recommend growers, you know, take a look, at, see if they have a wireworm problem. They may want to, um, you know, look at Taraxa. Um, but consider the other insects they see. They may need an insecticide seed treatment, which is you know a good value, value a good way to get that control uh, without having to make a separate trip across the field. And depending on where they're at and their rotation, there's a lot of soil-borne diseases that you know can be managed through something like a we have a, a seed treatment Taraxa F4, which is the Taraxa insecticide for wireworms, um, plus four fungicides, which give you good broad-spectrum protection. So once once you get that crop off to a good start, then you know you can reach that full potential. Well, a lot of things to consider, and as always, I'm sure, Curtis, if uh, folks want more information, they could go online or contact their local retailer or local technical service uh, representative, such as yourself, with BASF to uh, learn more, can't they? Yeah, I really hope they reach out. If they've got questions, we're, we're happy to get help and you know help you determine maybe what kind of wireworm pressure you have or what, what fits your needs the best. Definitely. Well, we appreciate a little bit of time here today to talk about wire worms and just general wheat performance from 2022 and moving to next year with that Curtis Rainbolt with BASF. Thanks so much. And we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Take care. And again, great stuff there. Curtis Rainbolt, technical service rep with BASF, joining us here today to discuss the performance of wheat in 2022 and look ahead to 2023 and talking more about wireworms, something to definitely keep our eyes on. Also, a news headline, the Federal Trade Commission recently finalized a consent order settling Tractor Supply Company's acquisition of rival chain Orschland Farm and Home LLC. Following a public comment period, the FTC determined the acquisition would have harmed competition among farm stores in the Midwest and South. The consent order imposes a number of requirements, including that Tractor Supply divest some Orschland stores as well as Orschland's corporate offices and Missouri Distribution Center to Bombgars, an Iowa-based farm store chain, and other stores stores to Buckite, another chain with farm stores in Missouri and Illinois. Tractor Supply Company announced it closed the Orschland Farm and Home acquisition in October in a deal valued at $320 million. The consent agreement also requires that for a period of three years, the companies buying the divested farm stores must obtain prior approval from the FTC before selling any of the Orschland stores that they acquired. And that is going to do it here for this episode of American Ag Today. We thank you so much for joining us, as always, as we bring you the latest news of agriculture. American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.